0: Right, hello everybody. Welcome to the Question Mark Podcast. Uh this is episode one uh of a new show um featuring me, Archie Haddon, and my co-host Mike Clark. Um the the interesting point of our podcast uh, is that this is the political views of two 14-year-olds uh in the current atmosphere uh of the world, which is very interesting. Uh It's very challenging and changing times. Uh, We have some subjects prepared. Um, So the first one is going to be Russia. Uh, Right. So, Tomek, what is your opinion on the things that have recently been happening with Putin?
1: Well, I think it says a lot about the British government at the moment, doesn't it, really? The Russia issue at the moment. And talking about how inept the whole Western sort of... Set of countries and NATO have been at yeah. dealing with.
0: Yeah, I think. And uh, you look at, um, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, you look at uh, NATO. It's the organization is uh, it's almost completely failed at this point. and the real and the real problem with NATO is that it is supported simply by the United States. You know, uh, the there is no real. Uh, other point that would um, make people scared of NATO other than uh, the United States, a country that spends more than the 26 countries before it on simply its defence budget, which is a ridiculous number. Considering it's
1: about seven hundred billion, isn't it?
0: Yeah, uh, I think yeah, something in that area, seven hundred. And to put that into
1: perspective, Britain spends about seventy-one billion, and China, yeah. which is the second largest, spends about two hundred and forty.
0: Yeah, and it's ridiculous that a nation uh, that's in uh, you know such social uh, and economic problems uh, currently, as the United States is, is still spending that much on uh, defense. However, it is one of the only factors that is stopping. Russia from bullying the other countries in europe, and it is it is really worrying to see this sort of uh, this aggressive uh diplomacy um, from uh, from putin um I mean the bill that he recently passed what was it about um uh, he just said um he could be uh, president for life or something like that wasn 't it He passed a bill through um the Russian version of the parliament. Uh, and uh, he said, oh, "I'm going to be president for life now. Uh, this is the clause that clearly states that I can." Uh... Well,
1: it's interesting because Putin himself actually, the Russian constitution's made in the waste so that Putin actually can't be president for more than two consecutive terms. So he, he establishes a prime minister; he's a, a puppet in a way, and it, it makes it impossible to, you know, for any opposition to beat him. Particularly as he shuts down any sort of opposition. I mean, a few years ago, he shut down the band pussy galore didn't he in oh,
0: yeah, russia for yeah.
1: performing anti-putin songs
0: mm-hmm. and i think it's 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 worrying because it's almost a return back to the the censorship and depression of the soviet union i mean you look though at putin's history he was 100 percent involved in that an agent in the kgb uh it rose to the rank rose to a very high rank um He's he is more than capable of controlling and suppressing a populace. And it's even more worrying now than it was before, because sure, he was just an agent in the KGB back then. Now he is the president of the entire nation. Uh, and it's, it's 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 scary to see. And I mean, Russia's only had, what, 20, 30 years of democracy so far. When did they... Nin, uh, 1991, that was when the Soviet Union fell, yeah? So, uh,
1: yes. However, yeah. I think you've got, to, you've got to make a point there that Boris Yeltsin's time as the, I suppose we can call it the interim period between the USSR and the new Putin state, was very short and it was actually full of corruption and Russian mafias and the oligarchs taking most of the wealth from the area, exactly. which is why Putin was so liked at the beginning because he's a strong man who said he'd bring peace yeah. to the area, he'd bring stability, a bit like Jair Bolsonaro in Brazil he built his whole sort of starting campaign over the fact he could defend people and keep them safe
0: yeah and i think that the the problem is now that he's established himself his his agenda has turned to the more you know expansionist and uh, ideals of his per, like his person he's now moved from sort of repairing uh what was a very splintered russian government and splintered russian nation in general he's moved from the sort of reforming stage to the reclaiming stage and he's you know he's now at this point where really he, he there's there's something is going to happen um and the the problem is is there really anything in place to stop him? I, I
1: think... uh,
0: <laughs> no. Yeah. Apart from, like we've said, NATO, the system. The problem
1: is so... that NATO aren't really doing a lot because the Russian state itself is posting troops. I mean, it took over part of Ukraine, didn't it? You know, yeah. it's also launched attacks into Georgia over the last 20 or 30 years. Yeah. And it's got troops lined up around the borders of its uh, its land. And I don't think, think NATO is doing a great job of sort of getting rid of it because the main man in in NATO, uh, to my, uh, I suppose, horror, is a man who reveres Trump, is a, a man who reveres Putin, who is Donald Trump.
0: Yeah, and it's 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 war. it's worrying to see because this this policy of appeasement is the policy that France and Britain adopted before the First World War. And look what happened after that. Churchill famously quoted saying, um, uh, what is it? You cannot reason with a tiger when your head is in its mouth. You know, the sort of idea that a state which is so powerful uh, and so uh, evil in its uh, motivations, there's not really any way to, you know, uh, reason with it through pen and paper. It's it's through show of force. That's the only unfortunately that's the only way that we can do this with Russia. It's not like, oh, we'll let you have this if you stop doing this, because that's, it's, it's not going to work with a state with that much power. They'll go, great, we can manipulate this, just like Nazi Germany did during before the First World War, uh, sorry, before the Second World War. Um, and it's a real, it's a, it's a problem because we can't, we can't just sit here and wait, you know. But the real problem is that we can 't make a move nato is a is a very is a faction reliant on the united states it 's really got no offensive power especially in europe um and I think it's 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 worrying to see this sort of rampant expansion um of sort of uh militarism uh, inside the uh inside Russia because this is what we 've seen with uh many uh, you know many dictatorships before it and it's, it's it's an uncomfortable sight but um anyways what are your yeah what are your thoughts on uh you know what should uh the european union or just europe in general what should it be doing to counter uh russian moves Right, sorry, we have, we've had some technical issues there. Um, I'm sure that will be sorted in the cup. Uh, still, are you all right now? Uh, yeah, not sure what happened there.
1: Yeah, anyway,
0: no, I, that's all right, I, I was we'll about to you. Um, so the question that I was asking was, um, what do you think um, the best approach would be for uh, the United States and the other you know, members of NATO <clears throat> if they want to counter the Russian
1: threat, it's difficult, isn't it? Because every time you know you try to push back against Russia, it'll push, it'll push back against you. It's literally like a cold war, and there are all these proxy wars going on, in like you know, in the Middle East and Ukraine, these separatists, mm-hmm. and I, to be honest, I, I don't know. I, I think that. Uh,
0: uh yeah no, I, I
1: mean, the I, issue the problem is that Russia has such a wide reach at the moment, and they're managing to sink their fingers into basically every single you know I mean, I know that it's been a thing that remainers has been saying for a long time, but they managed to somehow, whether or not you know they influenced the votes for the referendum yeah. and for yeah. the American the election mm-hmm. they, had, they they did they did some kind of hacking there, and I think
0: yeah. And
1: you it's so at... difficult to deal with when they've got the best cyber army and probably one of the hardest, you know,
0: mm-hmm. armies
1: in the world to come to combat.
0: Yeah, and I think another 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 real problem is that um uh you they've got their fingers in uh they've got their fingers in many pies, as the phrase goes. Uh you look at like you said, with their you know, hacking of the possible hacking of um the general election uh sorry not the general election the uh european referendum in uh england in the united kingdom Ooh. um the uh the united states is another example of a um place where russia have possibly had collusion uh with people inside the election uh to get trump who was a pro-russian who is Arguably, a quite pro-Russian um, president into the White House, and it if if the hacking is proved to have worked by um, the the CIA committee that's currently investigating it, it it was effective. They 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 won the they won uh, the election for Trump. Uh, but of course, this is all this is all speculation. Uh, however, you know there are more and more documents coming out. Um, Like uh, there was, you know, there was that um, that manuscript from one of the court uh, trials uh, recently, which had uh, links to some of the hackers who um, had possibly uh, had collusions with the uh, American election. Uh, And I think I think it's 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 worrying, you know, because uh, Russia is very powerful and it's meddling in a lot of things, in a lot of proxy wars and in a lot of governments. And, you know, this is not what we want to see. Um, but let's uh let's move on to our second topic now, uh which will be uh China. so uh Tomek, if you want to uh introduce which uh, you know parts of China we'll be talking about?
1: Well, China, in a way, is very similar to Russia, I think. It has its highs in lots of pies uh hands lots of pies, sorry, and it's seemingly not got that many allies, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think what we'll start with is the Uyghur Muslim treatment, which is, to be honest, it's ethnic cleansing. It's genocide. Mm-hmm. I, maybe yeah. not genocide, but it's definitely ethnic cleansing. It's very similar to the Rohingya Muslim treatment in Burma and yeah. the starting of the Jews treatment during Nazi Germany. I mean,
0: yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it's interesting
1: as well because China tried to hide these images, didn't they? They
0: well, were we only really be
1: found it. because of images. And they looked, when well, they called mm-hmm. them education, it's interesting because they're, They've got these barbed wire fences, these sentry turrets. You know, they're not really yeah. a school. They're more like a prison.
0: Yeah. And I think that, you know, if you hear all these um, CCP um, representatives going, oh, well, uh, this, these re-education centres are to re-educate terrorists. But, you know, if, if so, if it is genuinely to re-educate people who have been proven as either plotting terrorist like um, attacks or have attempted terrorist attacks, then why hide it? You know, why keep it from, why keep it from the national media and internationalize if all that you're doing is educate is educating you know people who have committed horrible crimes uh, on what they've done wrong. Um, there was one really interesting. Uh, video i saw which was this um news these news um anchors who uh, from i think i think actually they were independent news anchors and they attempted to uh, drive up to the re-education camps uh, during the day uh, they tried it twice uh, twice in two days uh, and both times they went up to the roads that led to the re-education centers um there was a car there was a car incident uh, two cars would come down the road and crash, you know, in inverted commas, into each other. And the police would, um, the police would turn up and they'd go, "Sorry, sir, but there's been a crash here. You've got to turn round." And they did that twice. There were two separate incidents on two different days on exactly the same road of a crash. Um, and it's, it's, uh, and then eventually they attempted it at night. Uh, the third time they attempted it at night, and what they found disgusting like you say barbed wire sentry turrets you know pr- practically prison complexes and it's you know it's interesting the the tactics of suppression that china are using to you know keep these camps and things out of the news
1: uh, yeah yeah it, it's certainly not a very pretty part of china's history i'd be seeing at the moment
0: yeah uh and I think the- it's,
1: it's also interesting, though, because if you look back at the 1990s, 1970s, this is clearly the Chinese trying to get rid of Uyghur Muslims because earlier on in China's uh, sort of, I'll call it I don't uh, industrialisation, I suppose, there yeah. were influxes of Han Chinese, which is the main ethnic group in China, the one that lives in Beijing and the um, <laughs> east part of China. They The government gave massive amounts of money, massive subsidies to people who would emigrate to the areas where the Uyghur Muslims live, which was near, mm-hmm. which was near the Tibet. The, the Uyghur Muslims are actually closer to the capitals of Tajikistan, Turkmenistan and Kazakhstan than they are to Beijing, which I mm-hmm. think is clear that these, you know, the influx of the Han Chinese, these uh, re-education centres, and apparently there's a lot of riots going on in the area as well yeah, and, due to um, Uyghurs and police mm-hmm. um, fighting. But yeah, it's very clear that they are being abused and clearly uh, prejudiced and discriminated against.
0: Yeah, and you look at all of these images that are coming now out of even Google Maps. Um, you know, places where mosques used to be, um, now have been um, they've been bulldozed. Uh, these mosques and turned into like. Uh, housing or playgrounds or uh, other, you know, municipal buildings, um, just so that the uh, the Uyghur Muslims have literally nowhere to pray, nowhere to nowhere to practice their religion, nowhere to live. Um, like you say, with the uh, Chinese that are emigrating out of their places, um, and they're they're being displaced, and then you know. Supposedly educated, but in reality, they're being pacified in these camps, pacified and in some horrible cases executed. And it's it's it is, you know, it's it's worrying to see the what like the suppression of um, the suppression of the the Muslim ideals uh, in China.
1: Uh, it, it should also be mentioned that the Uyghur Muslims actually had two states of their own in completely different areas of now what is china which Mm. they used to control for about i think the longest was about two years which was in northern uh western china but Mm. i think the chinese took over or it might have been the ussr but which was later given to china
0: yeah and you know this um you look at china's uh history it's always you know in instability because of the it's the, the fractured people inside it. China is a very good example of, um, you know, why states with many nations, there's always going to be like, st- sorry, states with many um, ethnic backgrounds uh, will always struggle to, um, you know, uh, live peacefully. Uh, one example of uh, a country that really struggled with its multiple ethnic and cultural ties uh, is Austro-Hungaria of course, um, a country that had many different, um, uh, many different uh, ethnic backgrounds and religious backgrounds and, um, uh, and cultural backgrounds from the Balkans uh, and eventually this sort of infighting and uh, these schisms led to the collapse of the nation. Now I don't think this is what we're going to see with China. However,
1: we should mention uh, just before just before you carry on there, we should probably mention we're not against different ethnicities and different cultures mixing. No, of not. Yeah. we're simply saying that it it shouldn't be imposed upon people. You know, I, I'm all for uh, people from Jamaica, uh, Nigeria, China, Vietnam, and India to to live near me. I'm We're not. We're not saying that. We're saying that it, it can't be imposed on people.
0: We're saying, just in that, case people um,
1: misunderstand in, yeah, us,
0: we're saying that in countries where there are you know m- many states, it's 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 usually it's it's a shame because one of the um, main controlling ethnic groups will assume power uh, on usually not really any grounds and almost clear the other minorities and it is disgusting. Um, It's disgusting to see that these you know these people who have just happen to assume you know power. Um, through their own means, have decided that uh, through you know purely lust of power they want to control everything, and of course, unfortunately, this has affected uh, the Uyghur Muslims, um, and it's 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 distressing to see. But um, I think we should move on to the se- uh, the second sort of part of China, which is uh, once again, uh, like with Russia, is their foreign policy. Um, so. I think one of the really interesting things with uh, China is uh, the sort of co- the need for control of the South China Sea. Now, Tomek, if you want to talk about, you know, what they're doing uh, in the South China Sea, please go ahead.
1: Uh, of course. The United Nations, first of all, has a law for maritime uh, land, which you can, well, seawater, I suppose you can control, which is 200 nautical miles away from the coastline. Now, China in their culture in their old cultures and folk uh, folklore have this rule called the nine Dash line or the eight Dash line, which, which basically controls all of the uh, South China sea of yeah, South China sea. And it means there's nothing really left over places. And they've created, they've done this by controlling a small archipelago and making their own small islands there out of concrete and air bases. So, uh, Along the, the names of the islands are along the names of you know Red Island, uh, Red Coral Island, or Red Reef Island, and they're built on old atolls or sunken volcanoes. And it's actually led to a couple of problems. Some ships have from other nations, particularly the Philippines and Vietnam, have now stopped uh, Chinese ships from getting there. However, the Chinese navy is much larger than these other nations, and until the Philippines can get the backing of the USA, their closest ally, it is unlikely they'll get any help
0: hmm. And uh, you see many, it should, you? Al- oh, yeah.
1: it should also be mentioned China would like to set up a uh, what's called, air identification zone above the South China Sea, mm-hmm. which most of the nations in the area are appalled by the idea of. And I can understand why, you know, this yeah, is their yeah. land and China's basically just taking it.
0: China's taking it by dumping tons of sand and concrete. Uh, on top of you, like you say, um, volcanoes and uh, atolls, um, and through even these flimsy artificial means, China still thinks that they have, you know, a concrete, solid um, reason for why they should control uh, these, uh, these, uh, the sea. Um, and I think uh, there was a recent one, uh, Chinese aircraft uh, who have been, you know, taking off and patro- patrolling uh, from the bases on these islands. Um, they've, they've, um, they've been harassing um, Japanese freighters um, that have been going through the South China Straits. Um, and, you know, sort of asking them for, a, uh, for like uh, identification and uh you know classification of uh where they're from their destination you know information that really a country that's supposed to be minding its own business shouldn't need um you know and it's 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 a problem because china genuinely believes that they rule the world uh and it's it's a problem it's a problem because, you know, an expansion, like an expansionist policy, especially for a country of China's size, what um, military of I think it's six, seven million uh, personnel, um, thousands of aircraft, thousands of, you know. Uh, I mean, they're
1: the second biggest military budget in the world, don't they? About 240 yeah. billion, as we yeah, said yeah. earlier. So mm-hmm. they have a massive amount. Um, I'm sorry to cut you short there, but I think people should also be aware that there is a another type of China trying to imprint there. Uh, power owned foreign policy which is the quite a strange one the uh, importation of pandas to zoos uh, uh, this is what I found out about recently apparently when when nations annoy China or disagree with them they'll take their pandas away they were going yeah. to send one to Norway and after Norway cut ties with a Chinese fishing deal the Chinese took their panda away and when yeah. Barack Obama in 2015 met with the leader of the Free Tibet Movement whose uh, name escapes but at the moment however I'll try to remember it as we go along. They rem- they, they asked for the chi- for the Chinese pandas in certain U.S. zoos to, to leave the area, mm, which mm. is another an example of China just trying to sort of you know yeah, it's, control it's, other nations.
0: It's petty. It's uh it's petty. It you know the the range of China's uh, attempts to control um the the its near area and the world around it uh, the. The number of uh, ways range from petty to, you know, uh, outright insane uh, in some cases, and it is it is worrying to see this expansion. But uh, I think uh, we should move on to our final subject uh, of this uh, this podcast, um, mm-hmm. uh, which will be the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, now, obviously. Um, because this is the first episode we're going to be addressing things that are slightly older um, information than um, uh, than what's recently occurred, but we'll be bringing both, you know, both parts of the information together to um, show you what our opinions are on it. But uh, Tomek, let's start off with you. Um, you know, what what is your <laughs> current thoughts on, well, what's currently happening in um, the United States and other nations and what has been happening previously?
1: It feels very difficult to talk about this, um, not because I'm I'm not racist at all. I I I fully believe that Black Lives Matter is an important subject and needs to be addressed. We do need to make sure that Black lives are protected, but it feels slightly strange talking about this as a white, uh, I wouldn't say middle class, but reasonably okay boy yeah. from Middle England. But I'll, I'll try to give my opinion on it well, I think personally. It's-
0: yeah. Uh, sorry can i just make a point quickly i think it's of course, important of that um you know obviously both of us aren't um black but it's important that the word is being spread and i think that regardless of race or gender or sexual orientation you should be spreading the word of this movement you should be ed- educating people uh, you should be educating yourself um and i think the more regardless of what um what your background is. If you are spreading the word, you're actively helping the campaign. And I think it's good that, uh, you know, that we talk about this.
1: Uh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to say quickly, mm-hmm. uh, well, we've got a bit of time to talk about this topic. Yeah. But I believe the uh, USA's response to the Black Lives Matter movement is extremely stupid. It is completely insane. Mm-hmm. I mean, to you know, these peaceful protesters, and apart from the looters, who... Yeah. Who Maybe affiliate Black Lives Matter, but do not stand for their ideals yeah. at all, um, are being treated like you know, they're being treated like they're some sort of enemy of the state. They're being treated like the Chinese and the Hong Kongese people in Tiananmen Square, you know, they're being barred on with tear gas mm-hmm. by the, by the um, police in America. They're not even marked police. Technically, Donald Trump and his government are actually breaching a large amount of laws well, breaching- while deploying these men because they're not marked yeah. for the state.
0: Mm-hmm. It's ironic, isn't it, that the use of um, tear gas uh, is banned in war by the Geneva Convention, but not uh, it is not banned uh, by the, in the use by in use by um, uh, uh, by riot police. Uh, it's it's horribly ironic that you can fire on a civilian with tear gas uh, and face no uh, repercussions, but you cannot fire on a trained military man with the same. Um, the same gas uh, without facing some sort of um repercussions it's it's um it's worrying to see you know this sort of um the the yeah like you said the response from america but i suppose the the sad thing is what do you expect from a man like donald trump uh, well i think
1: we're sorry continue
0: no uh, i was just going to say that um you know, his, he's, he's, he's a classic case of, you know, shoot first, ask questions later, you know, he, he speaks, he speaks out, you know, um, he says what he thinks, and then, you know, maybe, and then he thinks about it a bit later, you know, it's, and it's a problem that this reactionary um, president is the head of the country when, you know, what is a very important civil rights movement is occurring.
1: To be honest, I don't imagine history will view him too kindly.
0: No. Uh, I don't don't imagine it will.
1: (laughs) I just can't can't see him coming out of this at all well. I mean, I'm not going to talk about his COVID-19 response uh, majorly here, but that's been pretty awful. He's downplayed (laughs) it multiple times. He's branding these Black Lives Matter protesters as simply protesting to be protected by a police (laughs) force. So for uh, a couple of thousands, I'm going to stick here, which is quite uh, frightening, I think. And for a 1,000 cases, only 32 police officers have been properly convicted and put in jail and fired for, for killing innocent well, Yeah, innocent people. I mean, Breonna Taylor is the one that's going around, isn't she? Because she, she did nothing against the police. They yeah. missed a no-knock search warrant, which was for a pathetic reason anyways, for a drugs bust, I think. But as she didn't have any drugs on her, it seems completely stupid, and it feels like they were just targeting her. Yeah. And I think Harry police officers are still going free. I mean, the killer of George Floyd got out of prison with donations of, uh, I think, a, I don't know if it was a million, but a, a relatively large yeah, chunk of I money. Think,
0: yeah, this is another really interesting point. Sorry, just to move this on to um, sort of uh, from a political standing point is, you know, we, from our perspective, say Trump's a terrible man. He's not getting in for election in November. Um, but the re- the real problem is that, you know, his silent majority, you know, the, the Republicans who aren't outspoken uh, about their allegiance to him are the ones that are going to be, be the one that they get him back in. And, you know, like you said with um, what was his name? Um, uh, the, the p- police officer who, um, uh, the police officer who killed George Floyd, you know, out, out of prison with donations from people who are probably quite right leaning. And I think, it's a real problem in America because the the political um, uh, sort of uh, characteristics of them are two very different extremes. You've got the the left who are pushing for reforms and uh, for, you know, uh, separation of church and state and all of these, either, you know, all of these like um, different things. And then you have the right. Um, People who uh, there was one protest I saw in New Jersey um, where they they were they were there were Trump supporters along the side of the road um, next to this Black Lives Matter movement and they they had effigies of um, uh, George Floyd and they had their knee on him and saying um, uh, they had signs up saying he died of his own accord and all, all kinds of horrible things. Um, you've got sort of that side of the political spectrum uh and it's it's you know in america the problem is it's two extremes and there isn't really a center ground and that these two extremes have been fighting in america for decades now if not centuries you know this traditional conservative um sort of outlook of the of the country of like um uh of sort of uh, the rural areas and you know the south and uh all of the traditional areas versus the liberal you know the liberal capitalist societies of the cities uh, and of the north and of course we've already had one civil war because of this you know we don't want a second and the the, the real question is how are america going to deal with this it's it's what it's a worrying you know it's worrying to see
1: i feel like we should uh, briefly touch on britain's role in black lives matter Obviously we've been quite, quite famous for tearing down a lot of statues. I found it very interesting actually, there was a statue of a um, black woman, a Black pro- Black Lives Matter protester, um, over where the slave, I can't remember his name, uh, the one in Bristol
0: oh, was, yeah. was it
1: and it, was, the it was taken down the City Council. I, I don't really understand why they took it down, it just seems completely stupid because mm. it may have been put up there without his consent, but even so, you're making yourself look extremely bad by taking down a statue of a Black protester when it's hit its peak, you know this is a this is a massive subject. I can't understand why I've done it. It makes no sense.
0: Well, I think that um, there there are you know there's two differences. You've got the the statue of um, uh, the slave trade in Bristol. I think that's justified. You know, um, pulling down because that man sure he funded. Of course, the, yeah. You know, he funded the nation um, and, he, you know, he funded Bristol. And he was the mayor and he funded schools and everything. But that money was made through, you know, they, they estimate that he traded about, um, I think it was either 40,000 or 400,000 slaves. A, a ridiculous number. And that's, you know, if he's making his money off evil means, he shouldn't have a statue commemorating him. However, one statue that I don't think should have been pulled down is Churchill's outside... Um, uh, the commons because i think it's very different with churchill um you know
1: churchill isn't famous and powerful for trading slaves
0: yeah you know, like this
1: man it, was he's it, famous it, for leaving the country during a difficult time
0: mm, which that's, that's, i still
1: think he's bad i mean he said he'd bomb he'd bomb uh, indians in america didn't he but he's yeah, not exactly remembered for slavery and he's not yeah, as much of a symbol of it but i think
0: i think i think the um i think with you know his that should be kept up because he is honoured for, um, you know, he's the things he's honoured for have nothing to do with slavery, but I think that what should, what should happen is there should be, you know, more education on, um, uh, slavery and, uh, what, uh, and colonialism in school, because I think that, um, one of the big problems is that, um, People don't understand quite how bad um, many empires were, because, because sure they did good things. You know, they they built infrastructure across. Uh, uh, the, I'll take the British Empire as an example. Uh, they built em- infrastructure across India and across any many of their other colonies. You know, they they made um, great you know systems of um, irrigation, and they arguably improved the nations. But that improvement was built on. Uh, Slavery, ethnic cleansing, uh, you know, exploitation of natives, um, forced diplomacy. It's through it was through means which um, are horrible. And the things you know, I think that people should be educated on the horrible things that uh, empires actually did. For example, um, with the British uh, Empire, the Bengal Famine. You know, the opium wars, these sort of examples of things that they pushed, uh, you know, they pushed just, you know, too far. Uh, And I think that there are many people who still honour the um, British Empire. And I think, you know, it's arguably, um, you know, you can commemorate it for the great things it did. But you must also recognise that it has committed atrocities uh, during its existence. It committed some atrocities.
1: Uh, yeah, I hundred percent agree with that. Mm. The only thing I've got to say is I, I would look at the British Empire's influence in place through uh, whether it was more positive or negative. And I think a lot of the places, like I mean, the knock-on effects of the British Empire. Look at Zimbabwe; that country is a right yeah. is an absolute mm. mess right now due to it. And I mean, South yeah. Africa had apartheid for mm. you know,
0: you know uh, uh, how many years? To, it was after thirty they didn't years. That until um. Well, for a, lo- for a long time, I can't remember the specific date, but, um, you know, it was, it, it's horrible because, you know, the real problem with the sort of bit where they reduced colonialism is that the British and, you know, the, the British, the French and all the other um, nations that had colonies, they just simply pulled out. And, um, you know, apart from in nations like India, where they were, you know, calling for the British to leave for a long time. You know these nations that had relied on um, the their colonial masters, I guess, for a long time, were stuck. They were in this situation where they'd lost, you know, the government um, that was that was keeping them in check, and they simply pulled out with no notice, and they, these countries were left on their own accord, and it's it's. Um, yeah like you say it descended into anarchy and the effects of that anarchy in many nations in africa uh and quite a few in uh, asia uh, are still being felt to this day
1: i mean look at hong kong they just recently had their passports stripped due to boris johnson trying to give them english ones and the chinese government saying no you can't do that you know it feels very much that britain still wants to sort of I'm not saying all people do, but I think a lot of a certain generation and type of people uh, are quite... Pa- I wouldn't say patriotic because it's nationalism, really, isn't it? It's more
0: yeah. nationalism
1: and patriotism. Right. Also, mm-hmm. I should yeah, probably yeah. just say this before we... I don't know how long we've got left on this. No, the no, the um, making... people, The people in Burnley who flew the All Lives Matter mm-hmm. banner it's completely stupid because people aren't saying all lives matter. It's just that white people aren't being prejudiced and discriminated against by the police and shot in their own homes for nothing.
0: Yeah, that's
1: no, that's the meaning of the message. Not that white people yeah, don't matter. If what, s- Asian people don't matter.
0: If, if you're saying all lives matter, it's a way to hide your racism. Uh, it's, a, it, it, you know, you're saying all lives matter because you're, um, I guess, you're worried that something's going to happen uh to you know your your built up um uh your built-up privilege um and all lives matter is saying yeah well we matter too you know uh and it's Man, it just it's, shows it's
1: ignorance doesn't it yeah,
0: yeah clearly and uh, i think that um it's good that people um you know from all backgrounds educate themselves on this subject and you know really know what they're speaking on um before they go into uh you know before they go back into the natural world but, you know before they criticize the black lives matter movement and before they make all of these moves think about what you're saying you know what you're saying is backed up statistically and know what you're saying is right pretty much um but uh that's that concludes uh, black lives matter for uh this podcast uh Tom, you said that just quickly before we go you wanted to say something on um COVID-19 and the masks in the United Kingdom. Uh, would you like to go? Yes.
1: With? I'll, I'll be very brief about it. I'd also like to make one more point about that as matter that Dominic mm. uh what was it um, Dominic it was but, Dominic Raab wasn't it um, who said that he wouldn't take the knee for anyone but his queen and the and his misses. Yeah. That is completely ignorant. That is not the point of taking the knee. It is a symbolic gesture mm. to show that we are standing alongside people. It's not something off Game of Thrones. Mm. And I clearly Dominic Rob is not in a position to talk about these things yeah, well, as he doesn't know the history of them.
0: Yeah. Um. Thank you for
1: that. And quickly, the um, the COVID nineteen. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say is that people these new measures being brought in tomorrow about the masks. I really hope people follow them because I was in town a few times today. Mm. I didn't see anybody wearing a mask.
0: Yeah. Well. Inside
1: they, the shops. Yeah. I mean, I went. I went into my local Wilkinson's. And I was the only person wearing a. Uh, mask is ridiculous,
0: yeah. It's, it's, it's so, um, and I don't know
1: how many people are going to be listening to this, but if you're going out to a shop, please wear a mask, just, just yeah, bring one. It's, it's not know, that big it, of a deal, you know. It's just helping is, people,
0: yeah. A mask is at cheapest, you know, a couple of pounds. Would you rather wear one of those for a couple of, you know, uh, like maybe half an hour or an hour, depending on how long you're going out, or face the risk of a hundred pound fine? It's it's, it's common sense uh, to anyone who's listening, it's, it's common sense to wear a mask. So make sure that um, by tomorrow, which is Friday the 24th, that you are going outside with a mask on your face. and or, or at the bare minimum, going into shops with your mask on. You know, if you want to take it off when you're outside, that's fine. But make sure as a bare minimum that you're wearing it whilst you're inside, you know, the shops.
1: Also, you don't have to defend other people. You can just be doing it to protect yourself. If you're that kind of person that doesn't really see yeah. the idea of it, just think about it, defending yourself from it. Yeah. I mean, even if you don't die of it, it's not particularly pleasant. Mm. I'm pretty sure you don't want to be inside your house for another two weeks. We spent enough time yeah. this year stuck inside. It'd be nice to just, you know, mm. take wow. a little sacrifice yeah. for much gain.
0: Right. Uh yeah, and thank you, Tomek. And with that, uh that's Thank you, Archie. The, yeah, that's the end of the podcast uh for this week. Um we're now we're not sure obviously this is the first episode, so we're gonna see how the schedule goes and we'll see uh what happens with everything from now on. Um but you know, thank you for listening. Uh if you've taken the time out to uh, listen to this podcast and Uh, We hope to see you back uh, again for the next one, which will either be next Thursday or the Thursday after. So thank you very much to everyone's listening. Uh, Thank you, Tomek, for joining me today. Uh, Thank you. And that's the end for today. Thank you.